welcome to Multiversal Q, your guide to the comic book multiverse. Now in podcast form. I'm Luke. And I'm Devin. And this week we're talking about... X-Men 92. So I set up one of those neural networks to try and uh, replace Devin, and I think it's working. What? I said I think it's working. What? And uh, tonight we're having on uh, Chris and Chad from X-Men 92, along with several other great comics. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing good, man. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm doing all right. I heard I heard Chad might be a little bit under the weather though. I'm not I'm not feeling like a hundred percent, but I'm like you know I'm in the eighties. What? 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 Is that uh? Out of curiosity, I'm not I'm not denying the the, the bit here or anything. Luke, but out of curiosity, like is that going to be going on the whole time? <laughs> sounds like your sounds like your ship's computer might be having some problems there, Luke. <laughs> Maybe I mean. Do we want to see what uh, Devin has to say that he's automatically generated? Mm, I mean, do we? Is that what we want? And, and, and the, Chad, I'll, I'll let you field this well, one. My question would just be, do we have a choice? At this point, do we, we do, have a choice? We do. I mean, I can activate it, or I could not activate Ooh, it, but let's, we're stuck in this quantum uh, state of... I'm going to deny myself the pleasure and say, let's just not activate it. What do you think, Chris? I would say do not under any circumstances activate it. That would be my like that might that sounds like a hard line, but I would say that. Yeah. <laughs> I would just say save it for well, someone who's interested, be... Luke. <laughs> I honestly thought I was being pretty harsh, but then uh little T C V rolled up. Oh man, let's see who let's see who's uh, coming over from that other ship on the transporter here, Miles. <laughs> Chad, rule number one of podcasting: I can tell you, don't reference bits that were done off mic. I just think it's great that I think I'm Will Riker, not Miles O'Brien. I'm Tobolino O'Brien. <laughs> all right, all right. So. It's, it's, it's like a, it's like a very casual Friday style atmosphere on this show, right, Luke? Do yeah. I do I have that right? We're like Always. Luke. We're new to the show. Can you maybe explain to us and like any other new listeners, like what it is that you and uh, and Devin do here on the show? Luke, would you say so, you guys are like the no. Applebee's of podcasts, or would you say you're like like where do you where do you fall in the uh, restaurant chain of podcasts? We're like that weird Greek restaurant where it has the, sta- the same stock image as other Greek restaurants in the area, mm-hmm. but none of them are actually related. And it has one item that it makes really well, but you can never remember which restaurant has like the really good souvlaki or the really good spanakopita. Chad, what was the Greek restaurant that we used to go to when we were working together? It was just a little too far away for us to have been... Yeah, Zorba's, that's right. Yeah. We used to go to this place called Zorba's back when we were working together, at Luke, because that's that's the secret origin of Chris and Chad, as we used to to work together at a comic book store. Uh, I started shopping there when I was a teenager, and Chad was Chad was the front guy, man. He was the face of the I shop. Was. What a uh, face! That, that shop had a, an ugly underbelly. Let me tell you, once you got past that handsome face. Uh, but we used to work together, and we used to like lunch was was that is what our day and week and lives really revolved was. around. I think that's fair to say, like. Up to when I quit working at that uh, at that store, 
and you and I stop going to lunch at Happy China Buffet <laughs> once a week. Because uh, Happy China Buffet was about halfway between... Well, it was like right down the street from where you worked and maybe like, what, like four or five miles from, from the store? Hey man, on three, let's say our favorite dish uh, in Happy right. China. Ready? One, two, three. Wait, one, two, three. House, house chicken! chicken. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love that house chicken. Uh, that house chicken was good. House chicken was a choice. Yeah, it was it was good. Oh, house chicken. What is house chicken? It was like a spicy, peppery. You just kind of like I, I mean, like look, it was a buffet. Like, like it wasn't. It was. It wasn't breaded. It was. No, like, it was uh, breaded. It was. It was clear. It was definitely fried. Was it? Yeah. It was absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It. It wasn't like pan. It was nothing fancy. Oh, but boy. No, but it had like a spiciness to it. It was. Like, yeah, yeah, it had like a little bite. Like, again, like you were saying, Luke, like every every kind of generic restaurant of a, of a certain type, and, and this was like this was just a a storefront uh, Chinese restaurant. It was it was not special. It wasn't. It, it was no uh, Sun Ming. Uh, special to me, man. But like every one of those, I think has one thing they do really super well. Mm-hmm. And this place, they made the house chicken. And it was, oh. it was, it was so, it was so good. It had, it had, I can't even tell you, like, the bite of that spice is, like, perfectly spicy. Perfectly spicy. Oh, it was just good. And they had some, oh, that had, they had, like, it was so much better than it needed to be. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> uh. What you want, man? Like, what like, <laughs> we're talking about how we use the word together. I don't appreciate your tone, no, no, I had actually not heard that story before. Because, like, you uh, frequently on War Rocket Ajax, one of the many Clytus Media podcasts, because now you got that mm-hmm. third one coming up. Yeah, we got the third one in the family, uh, thanks to uh, listener support. Matt and I launched, uh, the launched the Sitch, man, the snack situation. Uh, and it's a special, we're, we're starting with a two-parter. Uh, because we were gifted a two-pound bag of uh, Chinese snacks, mm. and obviously we could not get through the whole thing in one sitting. Yeah. Uh, and if you listen to that show, I hope Matt leaves it in, but I like almost start to have a breakdown over the the enormity of what we are doing on that show. Now I got a question for you, Chris. You guys ever eat that Skyline chili? Oh yeah, you know I'm from uh, I'm from Cincinnati. Like I was born there. Like all my family's there. And you were talking about how you missed that chili, but you know, I gave that a snack situation territory. I haven't heard anything about that, man. Uh, well, you can see. Here's the thing. You gave me like a can of chili, which uh, hey, anybody who's listening to this show, Luke's the kind of guy who will roll up to you at a comic book convention and give you a can of chili. Let, let me get a break. Just just wanted to let throw me get a that out there. On that, that'll make it. That'll make the the decision easier like what's the what's the brand name on that skyline oh that skyline. Was, okay so skyline right right that's that's what you're doing all right all right mm-hmm. the pride the pride of the uh the queen city mm-hmm. of the north uh and uh like i like the can is never as good because see i don't like on its own i don't love the skyline chili luke like i yeah. love i love a like, like a coney is what i yeah. love and, like, the can is always a lot more salty, and it's never the same consistency. Yeah, it does not hold up, like, unfortunately. Like, I wish it did. I wish I could tell you. 
that the can holds up, but the can does not hold up. Like that's that's the problem. If you're gonna have like Skyline Chili, then you gotta be in Ohio, Indiana, Northeast Kentucky, uh, maybe like maybe parts of Western Pennsylvania. How how far how far west do they get with that, Luke? I don't know. I don't think they even go all the way like east. Well, you're saying Pennsylvania, but Pennsylvania is east of Ohio. Yeah, that's why I said Western Pennsylvania. Oh. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I don't even know. If they so, go so let me let me get this straight because I'm just a I'm just a Southern boy, right? So you're talking about you're talking about this mm-hmm. this chain yeah, called Skyline yeah. Chili, and they have a mm-hmm. mass market version of Skyline Chili that comes in a can that you buy at supermarkets. That's what we're talking about. Yes, you, you can you can pick that up at a Kroger. Chad, you can, now, you can, if you're going Kroger, you can there, get it. Is that a Kroger exclusive? All right. No. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't believe so. I don't think they only have it at Kroger. Whoa! Got well, that hold at your hold John on Eagles now. And your uh, targets. What, what's a John Eagle? I don't know what a John Eagle is. Oh, you guys don't mm-hmm. know about John Eagle. No, so we don't know about John. What's John Eagle? I mean, did you guys I, ever have a bear? I got the, Big Bear. I mean, I we, we've G. read we've read uh, the Forever People. If that's what you mean. Uh, John Eagle's another grocery chain that was further around the Pennsylvania area, and it's been slowly moving in, taking in on the uh, Myers and the Kroger. Yeah, Kroger. I don't even know about Meyer. Now Meyer, I know about Meyer. Meyer's mm-hmm. like a Meyer's like a Target or a Walmart. Hey, is this what this show is about, Luke? It's it's whatever you think it is. I mean, I've also got the random adventure button that I can always press. Ooh, yeah. ooh, no, no. I'm going to go ahead and say... Uh, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say let's stick with talking about chili for a little bit, Luke. I just thought maybe we could talk about the... What do you, what do you think, Chris, what do you think the most popular uh, popular supermarket is in Westchester? It like it, Now, in Westchester, New York, like the, the city where X-Men 92, the ongoing series, was set... Or in the district of Westchester, uh, oh, where talking, the I'm original miniseries was. I'm talking about Secret Wars, War Zones, X-Men 92, Volume 0, Westchester. Uh, in that case, I would say it was probably the mall. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I don't think I don't think people... I think people are only doing their, their shopping at the mall nothing in old that, uh, Secret Wars Westchester. Nothing beats that mall chili, man. We already talked about that. So it's like I mean, a look, German... Is, is it like a German supermarket then where they'll have them like at the bottom floor of a mall where you can just get your groceries? Luke, I will be honest with you. I don't know how Germany does its supermarkets. Downtown, like uh, I was there two years ago. They have malls and it will be like three stories of your EB Games equivalents and your uh, Suncoast videos. But then the do they still have, floor... Wait, do they still have Suncoast video in, 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 in Germany? The dream of Suncoast never died in Germany, Chris. Well, let me tell you something. If you want to talk about a dude who has a connection to Suncoast Video, you want to talk to, to Mr. Chad Bowers. You've got a, you've got a yeah, good Suncoast, Suncoast connection. Suncoast family tree, boy. My, my wife worked at Suncoast. But, Sorry, uh, that's it. That, that's the end of the story. That's, that's, that's what we all met, right? We actually met at the comic book store, and then, yeah, then, then, then Suncoast is where she was working. I thought you met at the Well, I mean, I guess I probably knew her from... I thought you met at the coast. Nah, man. 
Nope. Met, met, at, met, at, the old, uh, met at the old shop. All right. Good to see. See. Learn, learning some stuff. See, we're, we're here on Luke's podcast, but we're learning things about each other, too, so. Well, that's the great thing about alternate universes. You learn more about the base of the character by oh, seeing them put in different situations. <laughs> this is certainly a different situation. Mm-hmm. Luke, t- tell me what your show's about, man. If, if, if I'm someone, hypothetically, who's never listened to it before, like, what, uh, what, 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 are, we, what are we doing? What's, what's, the, what's this, uh, what's this itch? Uh, so typically we focus each week on a different alternate universe or a few alternate universes that come in like the same issue and then we rank them on our big list of trials of the multiverse which ranks okay. every universe from best to worst. So what is currently sitting at the top of that list? Kingdom well, Come? Let me, let me guess. Chris, Chris no, guess. we have actually not covered Kingdom uh... Come yet. Man. Alright, I It is, what if J. Jonah Jameson adopted Spider-Man? That is a pretty good alternate universe. That, that's a pretty good alternate universe, yeah, alright. I mean, like, what if Wolverine was an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the one where, it's the only what if where everything works out okay. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Drawn by uh, our friend uh, our friend Rob Liefeld. Was that drawn by Liefeld? I, the, it, yeah. the cover looks like Rob. Yeah, he did the interior. Huh, I never realized that. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I don't know, I might argue that J. Jonah Jameson adopting Spider-Man ends well overall. I mean, Jameson and a Spider-Slayer robot and Spider-Man get to become a father and son duo fighting crime. Yeah, no, I mean, look, it's pretty good. I'm just saying that, like, everybody everybody ends up being happy Boring. in, uh, in uh, the old Wolverine Becomes an Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. And, I mean, I know you don't want anybody to end up happy. Although, although you uh, although you'd never know it from that cover, boy, that cover is intense. that cover's intensity in ten cities, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> but do you guys uh, want to guess what is at the bottom of our list? Uh, okay, g- give us a give us a hint. Is it a Marvel <laughs> universe or a DC universe? It's a Marvel universe. Ooh, the, but all the Marvel universes are so good. So. Give give us another hint. Give us like one other. It's a one one other. Do the movie do the movie universes count? No. Uh, well, we haven't ranked them. Okay. 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 Uh, it is a Spider-Man related <clears throat> universe. Ooh, uh, Spidey a Spidey verse, huh? Is it a newspaper Spider-Man? No. Ooh, well that's that's it's tough then. This is the worst one. This is the one you guys put at the bottom. Yes, this is the one that we have under uh, the time limbo, which we have representing all of the bad parts of Avengers Forever. So it's... You just, you just heard that intake of breath, because my man loves some Avengers Forever. Ooh, man, I, oh, I'm no, like, no, like, we I'm, love Avengers Forever, I'm too. digging in to this armchair here. Um, uh, man, a Spidey alternate universe... Is it, is it, uh, Renew Your Vows? No, Devin is a is huge he? fan of that. I kind of like it, too. I was just trying to figure out, like, yeah. what's, what's... What's wrong? Yeah, what's all I want to say? What's wrong with Renew Your Vows, I man? I didn't like it. I'm just saying it's at the bottom of the list. I didn't, I don't know. Well, okay, 
Uh, that's, that's, look, that is true. That is true. You, what, what you got? What you got there, Luke? What's what's the bottom of the list? Well, Chris, do you have any guesses on this? Uh, I I had my guess, man. I, I guess newspaper Spider-Man. But you it got is, something? That's, uh, you got something that you say is worse than that? It is Spidey Baby Universe. Spidey what? I'm I'm sorry. Spidey Baby. It's a universe where Peter Parker and Mary Jane had a kid, and their kid is a horrible abomination that is a spider baby hybrid and what is that what is that in luke that is in one like, of pretend the... like we don't listen to the show and that we need to know what it is it's a comic where uh mary jane has the whole nanny from the muppet baby syndrome where you never actually see her head mm. so she's just reduced to a mm. body uh-huh. And uh-huh. it started off in one joke issue, and then they decided to bring mm. it back in one of the all-joke specials. And okay. and you, you don't, don't like, like jokes because you think those are like disrespectful to the characters. I don't like jokes that are not that, that good. Is, that is a and swing. That time. Oh, shots fired! That's, that's yeah. like four claws. Yikes! Of six. Yikes, dog! I'm bringing the hot takes. <laughs> Man, I don't even know. So that's like, is that two on each hand, or is that like one on one and three on the other? Okay. All right, all right, I get you. What's your least favorite joke that sort of falls into that category? Of just like bad jokes. Mm-hmm. So many of the ones that we've done, especially for the list, are just like, oh, what if this character was blank like uh, a good chunk of the bottom 10 or what if obnoxio was like a batman like hero or what if he was a spider-man like hero or what if he was a wolverine type hero and they don't develop it out any further it's just like obnoxio the clown with a wolverine mask on and again you think that's like disrespectful wolverine right do i have oh, that yeah, do know. i have that correct i love the wolf man you don't be dissing him I know, I know you love Wolverton, man. I know you're like I'm always talking to you at like Heroes Con. And you're like, man, you know who I love is Wolverton. Wolverton. Hey, who who created Obnoxio? I think Larry Homage drew first appearance. Sorry. I think Larry Homage drew that first appearance, but I can't remember who created it. Is he? Uh, is it? Is it like Bob Budiansky or somebody like that? I mean, that does kind of sound like a like a hammer joint. I know he drew uh, it, but I don't know if he he's... if he wrote it. Uh, Alan Kupperberg. Alan Cumberbatch, the cup, the cup, man, the World Cup, <laughs> cup of comic, cu- man, the cup of coffee in the big time. <laughs> man, all right, Cumberbatch, all right, not not the Paul though. No, but the, but the Alan. I, I would say who do you who would you say is the lesser Cumberbatch? Uh, I would say I would say Alan say, is the lesser. I, I, unfortunately, I'd say Alan. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I, 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 you know, good, good Alan, no, no doubt. You, you've done some stuff, but, but oh yeah, you know. no, as they say on uh, on on my brother, my brother, I mean, no tea, no shade, no yeah, pink lemonade. Yeah. But didn't didn't Paul Kupferberg write that Power Girl miniseries? That uh, Paul Kupferberg did write that Power Girl miniseries. He wrote some stuff. That... You have that. You have that correct, my dude. Some other good stuff that Paul Cupberger. Hey, what are we starting the show, Luke? We've been on for like ninety minutes. Nine, 90 oh, okay. minutes. Good lord. Okay. 
time time moves different in this alternate. Are you sure? Because I thought like it seems, and I am a I am a veteran interviewer, as you know, Luke. Yeah. It seems like Chad and I have been asking a lot of questions, and it seems like we have not actually been asked a lot of questions, which is what usually happens in an interview. It's a bit of that word jazz, Chris. Ah, word jazz. That's that's true. You got me. Uh, I mean, La La Land. Handsome hair over here. He got me. Fucking ice cream soldier over here. I'm sorry, can I swear, Luke? Is that okay? Yeah. Is it okay if I swear? Okay. Yeah, no, I I gave up on editing out all the swears when I realized how long it would take to uh, put in Wolverine saying bub after everyone. I'm sorry, that did not make any sense, but I do not want to pursue that line of questioning, so I think we should just move on. I think I got it, Luke. What you're saying is that instead of swear words, you were going to have bubs, right? You were going to edit in bubs? Yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. Exactly. Thank you, Chad. It's a a classy classy way to handle those things. Chad, did you ever read that issue of Wizard? Where somebody wrote in and they were asking how to pronounce, (laughs) if they should pronounce it, bub or boob? (laughs) Do you remember that? Because the guy was like, I pronounced it boob, but my friends tell me that's not right. Because that's the kind of question people used to write in and ask Wizard all the time. (laughs) I mean... Well, they didn't have the cartoon show to base that off of. No, this was in, like, 1997. So, yes, they did, actually. What in the world? Boob. I mean, it wasn't me writing in. I knew it was Bub. And I'm quite sure, my friendo. I guess guess you throw it in. Yeah, Wolverine's like, back up, back up, Boob. Uh, Man, to, to, to be a kid... In the 80s, and I mean, to be a kid reading comics, it's pretty, pretty rough sometimes. Now, Chad, you were telling me, I always thought, like, the Jim McLaughlin, who answered the, like, did the letter column in Wizard Magazine, was not the, the Jim McLaughlin no, who no. J- uh, scripted Youngblood before John McLaughlin is the guy's name that, uh, that worked on uh, Youngblood with John Malin. John McLaughlin. He's the guy that did it when they did the big... Okay, and it's Jim McLaughlin who was a wizard. I believe so, that's right, yeah. John McLaughlin was uh, one of the screenwriters uh, of the uh, Oscar-winning film, uh, the Darren Aronofsky film, Black Swan, uh, mm. Mm. starring the very talented... Uh, uh, Mila Kunis. I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say Natalie Portman, but Mila Kunis sort of came to the top. Um, but yeah. Is that Natalie Portman? Uh, I believe that is Natalie Portman in Black Swan. Yeah, I think it is too. Did, did you, you see Black Swan? Black Swan, Chris? No, I did not see Black Swan. I don't like scary movies. Yeah, I was going to say. It's a pretty good movie. Yeah, that... It's, it's a pretty strange yeah, movie. I... Pretty, pretty good movie. Pretty good flick. Don't when it gets scary, scary, it's scary. I don't like scary movies, which is weird because, you know, we're writing Army of Darkness right now, which is a horror... But you know, franchise. we did that interview yesterday where you talked about it, and it's... You, you... Yeah, you you, you, just, you describe the level of scariness in Army of Darkness, I think, to a T. It's not really that scary. No, see, that's the it's, thing. Like, it's like a, Benito uh, uh, Sereno. It's, it's, it's like a cartoon scary, you know? Yeah. Benito Sereno, like, like, text, like, tweeted, and he was like, yeah, uh, Chris Sims famously does not like horror movies. Congratulations on, uh, on Army of Darkness. And it's like, well, Army of Darkness has been one of my favorite movies since I was a kid. You know, it's just, I don't, cons- like, it's not right, scary right. to me. 
it's action. Well, it's an action like, movie with I, I horror can... elements, which is like my favorite kind of horror. You know. I mean, I'm not sure how much we can say about uh, m- movies that precede Army of Darkness, but but yeah, like it is part of a you know horror movie franchise. But I do think it's like. It's the Freddy versus Jason of its franchise. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, well, it's the it's the and, Jason. And, and, it's the Jason X. You know, it's the one that's yeah, kind of exactly. goofy it's, and it's silly. The, it's, it changes things, yeah. And like, like, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll go ahead and say it. There's a there's a movie called uh, called The Evil Dead uh, that I like, but I I don't go back to that one. And you know, Evil Dead Two. Even I don't go back to that one either. But like Army, like I like Evil Dead Two, okay. But like Army of Darkness is like, like a stone cold favorite. You know. Well, did you like? Okay, how old were you when you saw Evil Dead or Evil Dead Two? I didn't see. I mean, I saw. I saw Army of Darkness when I was ten because I remember getting on. I might have been nine because it came out in nineteen ninety two. But I'm sure it would have been on video maybe that that winter. Probably. Yeah, because I, I saw it when I was 12 or 13, so that would have been about right. Yeah, um, and I remember, like, I had seen, you, you remember when you used to go to the video store? Remember video stores, Chad? Yeah, man. Remember when you used to go to the video store and you would get, like, th- there would be, like, previews for upcoming VHS releases. Yeah, man. And, they, and that was the way you saw trailers. Just, like, running in the store. Uh yeah, yeah, that's that's. Well, no, when you would get like the tapes, no, fast forward through them, like you couldn't be bothered. Trailers to... running through the store, like trailers all in the store. Oh my! All the the video stores that I would go to when I was a kid, they would actually just be like showing movies oh, okay, yeah. or whatever. Well, that, that's probably what was going. Yeah. Um. So I saw the trailer, and and you know, there's that scene, there's a scene in the trailer, and it's it's in the movie where he, you know, he crushes the yeah. the goblet with and his new hand yeah. and goes groovy, and I was like, yeah, and I was like. I was like, this looks like the most <laughs> awesome thing I had, can even imagine. So I remember, like, I, I was with my dad and my sister because it was it was in the summertime. So I guess I was probably nine, going on ten, and I was just like super stoked about it. You know, like it wasn't like because the monsters when he goes into the pit, right? That the deadite that's in the pit is like scary, huh. but the first thing that happens in that movie is that he chops her up with a chainsaw and a bunch of blood shoots out. And so it's a very, it's not just a, a, a comedy moment, not just an action moment. It's very much a, a oh, hey, you can, like, the bad guys can be defeated moment, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's not that it takes away the scariness, but it does take away the sort of, the the fear that this is like a, like, like with Jason, with Freddy, like with Chucky, like my fear was always... You know, oh, you can't stop him, like, like, like Jason just doesn't stop. Like that's his deal. You know, Michael Myers is gonna walk you down no matter what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But the the deadites yeah. are like, oh, you can shoot them. <laughs> like you might not be able to stop the book, but the deadites you can absolutely shoot them in the head and they will go down. It's 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 a vo- the volume thing with the deadites. That's the problem. Well, it's, it's the, you know, you yeah, know, it's. it's a, it's, there's always going to be more, right? Like you get more and more and more things. They take all these different forms and things like that. They're they're just kind of like evil, yeah, incarnate and, and dead. Uh, and, you know, yeah, exactly. And so and there's this idea that, that like this, anything so, can become right, a tonight too. You know? Okay, go, right? Go, yeah, go. exactly. Get me. Like like, okay. So the thing in the pit, right? Yeah, at the castle. That's a deadite to you. 
Yeah, that's a deadite that they've captured. Yeah. Huh. I never, what is it never t- thought what about you... it like that. It's a monster thing. Yeah, no, because... she's a she's a deadite. She says she'll swallow. She'll, she says uh, she'll swallow his soul, doesn't she? Yeah. Uh, that's the deadite catchphrase. Did she say that in the in the pit? I literally just watched this like three nights ago, two or three, three nights ago. Um, I thought she did, but I might. I, I know that the uh, I mean, the deadite well, in the castle totally layer says yeah, all swallow. It totally makes sense. Don't get me wrong. I just never thought about it as uh, just never thought about her as a because I guess it's not that started yet at that point. You know what I mean? Like it had not been a it had not been like established that because there's really not like. Obviously, there's the evil in the woods that chases him when he's on his like uh, quest to get the book. But um, mm-hmm. prior to that, you know, we don't really see like a whole lot of like like deadite stuff. Well, there's uh, there's an idea, and and you watched it more recently than I did, so correct me if I'm wrong here, Chad. But there's this idea that Arthur's men, and we were we were talking about Duke Henry last night, and I got real confused about <laughs> I mean, Duke. Henry. I was watching it too when I or I just uh, watched it when I talked to you about that, so. Yeah, uh, but there's this idea that like Arthur's Arthur and Duke Henry both think the other has unleashed the Deadites, and that's why they're at war. So I thought that the idea was that they had captured a Deadite, and look, this this might be going back to like you know I have I have said this before in interviews, like Army of Darkness was the only fan fiction I ever wrote, so this might be stuff that was coming out in uh in uh aod two dot txt back in uh. Back in uh, the mid the mid to late nineties, uh, but like I always thought that that they both blamed each other, and that uh, Arthur's men had captured a deadite and put her down in the oubliette uh, to throw Henry's men because that's what they did to Ash because they think yeah. Ash is yeah, one of Henry's do. men at first. So oh, that's that was my thought. It, so yeah, that's a that's a deadite. Sense. I just can't really say that I'd ever thought about it as a deadite or. Because, like I said, in my mind, all the, the stuff had not started yet with, with the Deadites. But they do talk about uh, the Deadite army prior to us actually seeing it. So, so yeah, it makes sense. Huh. Yeah. yeah. The Army of Darkness. So, uh, so did, did you see Darkman before you saw Army of Darkness? I have what? never seen Darkman. You know what? Dark- yeah, I know. Like, I played the Dr. NES game and I've never seen it. Oh, I know about him because I've read about it and I've I've played the NES game, but I've never uh, I've never actually seen the movie. Okay. That, you know Bruce Campbell's in it, right? Yeah, Liam Liam Neeson's in it too. You know I love you know I love the, the Neeson. Yeah, Bruce Bruce Campbell's the the face that he takes at the very end when he's it's a good when face he's running to take. away. Um, if you're gonna take a face, it is a good face to take. <laughs> yeah, I saw Dark Man before I saw Army of Darkness, and I read about. Uh, I read about Army of Darkness being sort of the follow-up to uh, Darkman in Fangoria oh. magazine, and was like totally did that did hey, that buy-in, man. I was like, oh, I man, keep I waiting for it. Fangoria to get in touch, right? Like we're gonna get a Fangoria interview one of these days. It's gonna be hilarious, man. I really hope so. At this point, you'd hope Remember so. When I used to, uh, when we were working the the shop together, and I used to unpack, uh, and we'd have Fangoria in there. And I would always sing, my Fangoria, my Fangoria. Na, 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 na. I don't remember yeah. that. Do not remember I that. Definitely did. Tug probably remembers it. Yeah. Tug yeah. probably does. Tug, Tug's, 
got a much better memory yeah, than talk, that. Tug, work with me longer. Too. Um, so, so you you got out of you got out of that Wednesday morning me. game. I did, man. God, I, these, I jumped. These I shops jumped have too. it so lucky nowadays, getting their comics on Tuesday nights. Everybody gets comics on Tuesday nights, Chad. Yes, I know that's wild. Crazy. Luke, Luke, what you got for us, man? What's, what's your what's your favorite uh what's your favorite Sam Raimi joint? <laughs> you 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 a, you a drag me to hell guy? Did he you drag a, me to uh, hell? Yeah. Yeah. See, this is, you're getting into some you're getting into some Jordan D. White territory of stuff I don't know about. Brother, like this is this is the thing. Like you know that's that's why we work so well. See, together. I don't like because you like that because you like that yeah. one thing. I don't and I like all of them. Too. I don't like scary movies, Chad. You don't. You don't, man. I don't know how I can be more clear about this than I've been for the past for the past uh, seventeen years that you have known me. <laughs> uh, well, it is what it is. You, 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 you be know, that as it may, it was what it was. It doesn't doesn't change doesn't change how I okay. feel about you. So what you got, Luke? I'd go. No, I'd go without Army of Darkness as well. Yeah, it's a good it one. Is. It's a real good one. So yeah. we finally have time for one question. Well, hang on one second. Hang on one second. Chad, have you ever watched? Um, you know I do a podcast about Xena Warrior Princess. You know I do the podcast yeah, about Xena Warrior Princess along with Allison Stock, who works on Spider Man Renew Your Vows. The, <laughs> the biz. Yeah. The biz. Uh, have you ever watched the Xena episode? Girls just want to have fun. You might not remember it because it's a very misleading title. It's the it's the evil it's the Ar- the Evil Dead tribute episode. It's the Halloween episode. No, yeah, for real. It's the Halloween episode where Gabrielle is Does... becomes a vampire, and they do a okay. lot of like Evil Dead care. Like they obviously don't do like the gouts of blood or anything, but they do they use like the evil cam. Sure. Because you know Sam Raimi was a was oh, a, cool. like our showrunner, executive yeah. producer. Yeah. Does, does Raimi direct, he does the not direct the episode? I thought he did for a long time. He does not direct it, but it's very clearly like, like they they use the they use the Ramo cam, you know, they do all that good stuff. You know that that is that is one thing that I think we have yet to figure out how to do in this book. By the way, I mean the, what the Ramo cam, you know, because I mean yeah, look, I put yeah. it in the script, and that is not our job to figure out how to do it. I, I know, but you know what I'm saying. Like, there, there's I'm gonna figure it out before this is over with. Before this first arc's over with, I'm gonna figure out how to make it work. I mean, all you really, like, I feel like it wouldn't be that. The, the problem is motion, you know, because the deal with it is that it's the camera in motion, and that's a really and it's timing too. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, uh, I mean, look, we got a lot of hallways in this yeah. book. So you know what? The I next think, I think we're gonna be writing um, is gonna be the best issue to do that. I think that's what I was just yeah. thinking. Like, we can like a lot a lot of doors getting slammed in front yeah. of it, and then it kind of busting through the doors. That's that's yeah. What we're I think do that's it. gonna be really you guys, good. You guys you guys got an inside track here. We just figured it out. Yeah. This is see, and this is the process. A lot of people ask us like, "How does it work when you're writing together as a team?" And it's really just this. It's us. A lot of times, yeah. it's us drawing from that like common pool of knowledge. Like if I if I talk about the Ramo cam, like Chad, you obviously know exactly what I'm talking about. And yeah. you know, it, like any Evil Dead fan would know that as well. But like, we really get to <laughs> where the, yeah, the guys writing it. So like, it's it's very easy for us to use that shorthand with each other. And sort of, you know, make that that like that language helps us get from end to end quickly, which I think probably most writing teams have after a 
after as long as they've been those we've been writing together, you know. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, but you know, I'm trying to think about like how we did because because I think here we go. Here's that transition. Yeah. You guys ready? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When we first started working on X Men '92. Uh, our, our method, I think, was a little bit different. It is just over time that we've we've sort of we really didn't have a a true rhythm or a true like method until we got into the deadlines of X Men '92 and really the plotting and and the long form storytelling that we did. Because you know before that, everything we had done, with the exception of maybe like Awesome Hospital, which we did with Matt Diggs and Josh Crock, like was was something that we were kind of. I don't want to say making up as we were going on, you know, going along, but we weren't writing everything down in the way that we would like say make a giant document for X Men '92 that we kind of use as our roadmap for the for the series. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. At the same time, though, I feel like X Men '92 kind of threw a uh, threw a wrench in the gears as far as our rhythm went. Because if you'll remember, I don't know if you had written this way before maybe with jojo but uh when you were doing uh, monster plus which is what comic you did with jojo uh-huh. but you and i yep. had never written anything marvel style uh which is if, if listeners don't know it's plot first and then the artist draws it and we yeah. go back in and do the dialogue uh we had yeah. never done that before and i i found that to throw me off my game quite a bit like I and I actually really like yeah because it, it I think it lends yeah. itself better to how you like to script versus how I like to script like I've, I was talking to somebody right. just recently I think it was Allison and I was like yeah Chad will Chad will go in and write like page breakdowns and panel breakdowns with no dialogue and then you'll go back in and fill in the dialogue later sometimes and I was like yeah I find that to be absolute madness and I will write. I will start page one, panel one, and I will more or less write all the way through. Uh, which I don't know if, if you find that to be as weird as I find your method, but like it's it's like I find it much easier to stage the next panel if I know the dialogue and, and what's being spoken in this one. Hmm. I, I have to visually get a real good grasp of what the artist is going to be drawing, uh, and and sometimes when I don't have the the entire image of the book in front of me it's very hard for me to figure out where the story is going to go and how the pacing is going to work and stuff like that so that's true um when, when i do work out something and i am sort of heavy into the plot side of things or heavy into the dialogue side of things which i've done a couple of times on a couple of projects like um where i will write dialogue first i'll write dialogue first and then i'll go in and break out the scenes based on the dialogue which again is very different from the way you do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll turn it over and over so, in my head to get the staging. Yeah. Well, well before. Yeah. I, I I tend to need a whole chunk of one piece or the other before I feel comfortable doing, ha, you know, the other the other parts and, and pieces. I think you also. Um, it's you, weird, but you also tend to think a lot more visually than I do. Uh, and I think that maybe comes from the fact that, like, you... I mean, like, you as a kid, you wanted to draw, right? right and you're right. you're a better artist. And, and Chad will sometimes... We don't do it often because we always worry about, like, insulting our artists, right? Like, like no comic book artist wants to be told how to do their job. And no comic artist, like, should be in a lot of cases. But a lot of times, like, if we're having a lot of trouble breaking out a scene, like, Chad will sit down and, and thumbnail it. 
just to see like how it can be staged, like if it's possible. And mm-hmm. sometimes we don't even show that to the artist for that reason, because like, you know, yeah. we don't want to dictate to that level what should be done. Uh, but you, you'll do that in a lot of ways and you'll do that on, on like scripts you're writing too. Whereas I have never thought that way, uh, about scripts. And I, I, again, I think it's, I think it's a, a cool thing that we do, uh, because we, uh, we approach scripts in different ways. And I think that ultimately makes our scripts stronger, but it's, it's really interesting to me, like how different it is and how, like, I don't want to say hung up because that has a negative connotation and I I don't want to, you know, I I don't want to sound like I'm being rude to you, Chad, but I think you have a harder time than I do. If you haven't seen art yet, like if we're working with a new artist and we don't know quite know what to expect, I think you have a harder time picturing it than I do because I'm not even thinking about what it looks like on the page. A lot of times. (laughs) I, I I would say that now that we do this, I mean, at, professionally i think yeah like now that it's kind of become now that it's kind of moved out of like me making my own comics on the side really to 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 more of a you know professional like professional like like a like a real job yeah i think it is i think it is harder for marvel comics it's it's a job (laughs) i think it is harder for me because i know on some level that you know how i mean that's important like we're not writing novels we're writing comics so it, it does, you know, when we pitch something, like we did this thing a couple of weeks ago that we worked on, and we had no idea, we still don't have any idea who the artist is going to be on it. It's hard for me to figure out what, what this thing is going to be, especially for like a, for, for a second issue, right? Yeah. Um, I, think, I think we can do a first issue pretty easily, but once we get to that second issue, you don't know, and this is, this is not a dig on any of the artists that we work with, because we work with some incredible artists, and all of them are talented. I know, think in, in, every in, artist we've worked with has ways. really knocked it out of the park, like going all That's the way back like, to Smithy, you know? Yeah, this is, not, this is not a dig on any artist that we work with, but some artists, you know, draw things better than other artists, you know what I mean? And every artist kind of has their, their, their strengths and their, their preferences, and you kind of want to make sure you're writing to those things. Um, and sometimes you don't know what those things are until you actually see it on the page. Yeah, you don't write a you don't write a Bruce Tim script for Neil Adams, you know. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and so that's that's been some that, that's something that, like you said, I don't think I get hung up on it. I think I get. I, I think that plays a bigger role in when I'm when I'm thinking about how the story is going to look or how it's going to work. Yeah. And then yeah. like what you include as well. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think a lot of it comes from, obviously, Chris sort of having a different day job than me, too. You know what I mean? Like, I think Chris... <laughs> Used Chris, to. <laughs> Used to. Well, I mean, I think, I think a, a, a different, a different uh, you know, you're more patient, I think, with writing than I am. Um, you know, I, I genuinely find writing kind of tedious sometimes. Um, yeah. the, the, and whereas I think you actually enjoy the process of sitting down and writing as much as you can um, and getting as many ideas across in the language whereas I like getting the ideas across oftentimes like in the in the imagery I think yeah. which I um, think is hilarious because your dialogue is so good it can be but, like there yeah. are there are bits in in 92 and like we've gotten this we've gotten this over Twitter and we've gotten this over uh, uh, like you know, Tumblr posts and everything, people who are familiar with my work, 
like have kind of tweeted at me and they've been like, oh, I can't believe you put this line in there. And I'm like, nine times out of ten, I'm like, yeah, that that one's actually Chad's. <laughs> that one is Chad's. <laughs> and it's like, it, it's and it part of it comes from us like just trying to crack each other up. And again, like we're not yeah. we're not worlds apart in terms of of our influences, you know, like we, which I think comes from a lot from working at the comic book store together. Like we would not only, we not only have like the same background, but we also have like, you would be reading the same comics that I would. And we would be digging through the same back issue bins and going like, Oh, Hey, have you read this one? Have you read this one? This one's great. That's Try right. this one. Like we would literally like throw comics at each other at conventions going through back issue bins, which I'm sure like all the, the, the dealers loved. We'd just be like getting them out and flinging them at each other like ninja stars, being like, "Oh man, you read this one? You're tw- you're Doom twenty ninety nine number ten. <laughs> you know the one we pull out probably the most of than any, or, or used to be. It used to be Batman special. Uh, used to be Batman special, Batman yeah, because people people didn't know about it. That's right. That and uh, Justice League, uh, Justice League four hundred or two hundred, two hundred, yeah, that's right, two hundred, yeah. That's when Batman goes to South Carolina, man. Of course, we're pulling that bad boy out. That's Batman, Green Arrow, and Black Canary in the swamps of South Carolina. No, it's great. I used to drive through to get to work. That's right. But yeah, I mean, I think it's just a different. You know, it's just a. You know, we. It's it's hard sometimes to remember this, but you know, I think both of us came to comics from very different places. I mean, I was making comics or trying to make my own comics before I started like zeroing in on the writing side of things. Um, and, and I'm not saying like writing is my consolation prize for comics. I just think that, you know, writing is something that comes from a very different place for me. Um, whereas I think you would have been a writer uh, of anything, you know what I mean? Like you would have, you will. Yeah. Like when I was a kid, I just wanted to be a writer. I didn't, I didn't want to write comics until like well into my Mm twenties, honestly, like, uh, cause I, I, I loved them, but I didn't really like, it wasn't where my, my writing heart was until I really started doing it. And then right. I was like, Oh, well like here's all the reasons I love these things, you know? Yeah. I think you were, you, when I first met you, your, your, your goal was to be a professional humorist. Like that's literally what, yeah. what yeah. your, what your byline I think was, was on, on some things. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that's where I got my start, you know, like yep. I got my start like with, with writing in columns when I was a teenager and, and the kind of first big online content bubble. And, and I- then, Act, you yeah. know, and at the at the blog, so. and I and I was making you know, just a bunch of shitty little comics at the time, uh, yeah. and it was you know, and I I made my, my first what I would consider to be like my first professional comic was probably like Doctor Impossible with with Chris Nye, and then yeah. I made several others after that before you and I even started writing together. But I think that. You know, I always joke about that that Nightwing issue where they're on top of the train. I was about to bring it up. I was about to bring it up. <laughs> where where Nightwing talks about, or where Tim Drake brings up the idea, you know, that Nightwing would have always been a hero, but you know, Tim Drake all he wanted to be Robin, and it's like I, I just wanted to make comics. I think you just wanted to to write. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So I think I think that's kind of where our, our stories kind of start and and where they kind of intersect and why, where our why I think a writing partnership works, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think you're wrong. All right, well, Chad, it's been great having you <laughs> here on the show. Uh, do we have any questions? So, yeah, Chris and I worked on X Men '92 for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. We did uh, a a four issue print miniseries, eight chapters uh, on in, uh, Marvel's Infinite Comics platform. Um, called X-Men 92, which was part of uh, 
the Secret, Secret Wars, Wars event of 20, what, 2015? 2015. Yeah. Secret Wars 2015. Yep. And uh, it, it, did, it did well. Marvel was, was happy with it. Uh, Jordan D. White and Heather Antos, our editors on that book, were, uh, were both very happy with it. And uh, yeah, it spun off into an ongoing series that ran for 10 issues and ended last December. And we, uh, uh, especially me, Chris, Chris was laughing at me at the time when I did this, but I planned out 24 issues of that book um, and had a, a giant, um, giant massive story planned for, for X-Men 92 and genuinely thought we were going to get there and have to plan more issues after that. Um, yeah. But, you know. And, and I mean, like, it, you know, it wasn't just that you, you showed up with the roadmap. Like, you, like you and I had conversations mm-hmm. of, like, what if we get to do more? What do we want to do? And, like, I was like, Dracula. Like, I, I want to do yeah. the, and I want to do an X-Men versus Dracula. Sorry. It's the only thing I ever wanted to do. And so that we incorporated that into it. Uh, you really wanted to do, like, a Marvel UK story. Uh, it with an Excalibur, which has never been my thing, but but you know, obviously, that was something we were were building towards. Uh, there was going to be like an arcade story that I think we were both really excited about. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, like you know, the Lila Palooza, I think, was almost like start to finish, almost entirely something you brought to the table. Well, the name certainly was. I mean, what it became, uh, boy. Could we have even imagined it was going to be a, 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 a comic, you know, featuring the flaming lips and the toadies? Uh, yeah, that part we certainly did not know at the start of things. Yeah. Which people always ask us, like, like how did how did you guys convince them to be in this comic? And it's like, it's like it literally was just we joked about it, and 15 minutes later, Jordan emailed us and told us we could do it. The the only thing we had to do was make sure to put the flaming lips manager that, in it. That was the that was the. Yeah, uh, he's in there. He shows up in number. Uh, what is it? Number seven. He, he literally has a bigger speaking part than anybody in the lips. <laughs> it's Wayne Coyne, then their manager, then Vaden Todd yeah. Lewis, and then everybody else in those bands. But I told you, um, I met in Seattle. I met a guy who who or I met someone who worked with uh with Vaden Todd Lewis in Texas. And apparently he was, like, really stoked about it. And that's, that's, that's good, because, cool. you know, we saw, like, I think RollingStone.com did a piece on it, and it was, like, Wayne Coy, and was like, yeah, it's so so cool to be in a Marvel comic. But, you know, it's, it's you know, like a very Wayne Coyne statement. Like, we don't know if he read it, we don't know if he liked it, but apparently Vaden Todd Lewis was, like, really into being in yeah, the book. So I, that was that was really cool he, for us to He hear. flagged it on Instagram, actually, uh, the day it came out, and was, like, super jacked about it. So that's really cool. That's yeah, awesome. it's, it's, it's pretty neat. Yeah, I mean, you know, we get to talk to Rolling Stone, which is pretty cool. I guess we get to talk to, was it was Rolling Stone or was it Spin Magazine? Or I think it was Spin Online, right? What was it? Was it hit? Was it hit parade? Was it hit uh, parade online? Was it a? Uh... It might have been pitchfork. <laughs> Forget what it was. It was yeah. something. It's cool though. America's top. That's it. Mm-hmm. The classic periodical. <laughs> Famous monsters. Famous monsters. Famous monsters. Oh, it was Fangoria. <laughs> Girls and corpses. Well, remember, remember, that's a that's a flashback to work in that retail. Is, boy. I don't, ugh, yikes! 
Hey, what was your Chad, what was your favorite magazine that used to come out? Like non comics magazine that used to come into the store? Are you asking me for real or are you asking me for like uh I'm asking you like for real, like which one which one were you always like when when you opened up the boxes? Because you worked there for about six years, right? I worked there for about yeah. six years. Were you there six or seven? I was there for six years, I think. I mean, you were you were there like as a part timer for a real long was, time, putting together GI Joes. Yeah, I, I never kind of, I quite, I never left really. But, um, yeah. man, I don't know. The, the The book I remember being when I, when I first came to town and and got out of the store. The book I remember being just like kind of floored that it existed was wrapped in plastic. The, the Twin Peaks magazine. That's the one I was gonna say. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because because I didn't, I had no idea. You know what I mean? Like, I remembered at the time. I remembered like the phenomenon of Twin Peaks, but I was just young enough to kind of not not get it. You know what I mean? Or be into it. But the fact that there was like a <laughs> magazine about it, and there was like a you know kind of a cult following of it, that like super appealed to me. It was monthly. Yeah, I know. It I was know, monthly, and we were working the store. I remember, I don't, I think Wrapped in Plastic finally ended about the time, like, the the, the store moved, right? But when did the store move? Like, 2006? Yeah, that's about right, that'd be about right, yeah. Yeah, like, they're, like, Wrapped in Plastic was coming out, like, up through at least 2004. And they, and they won. Like, look, they, look, it won. I mean, well, yeah, sort of. <laughs> The magazine didn't win. Twin Peaks won. You know, it all pays off. Everything pays off. You know, again, Doctor Who magazine was another magazine that I was just like, you know, had a lot of fondness for from when I was a kid. I mean, Doctor Who. And then uh, seeing that the magazine was still out was just kind of like, what? Ah, These crazy people, you know? And then fast forward, what, 10 years later, I was like a super subscriber. Doctor Who Magazine was fun, though. Doctor Who Magazine had some real... Like, I... At the end of the day, uh, I, I prefer Doctor Who Magazine comics. to Doctor Who the television show. <laughs> what are, you know, what's another magazine that... Not that I think we can mention on air. Um, Wrapped in Plastic was definitely the one where I was like, how is this still hanging in there? What, what, was, what was that... What was that, uh, the, the, like, the, the Asian cult cinema? Mm. That was another one that I remember coming out. But that was a pretty, that was a pretty popular. That was one, that was, that was one T-Bone, that was one T-Bone's favorites. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, God. I learned a lot about, like, you know, I learned a lot about, like, you know, Hong Kong movies from from Asian cult cinema. Yeah. A lot about living and a little about love. Ugh.